Welcome to InsideCatholicPhilly.com, where we explore the Catholic faith as it's experienced in church and in everyday life. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino. And along with our guests, we discuss the Catholic take on everything from sacraments and Sunday Mass to social media and sports, based on CatholicPhilly.com's award-winning news and commentary. Thanks so much for spending a few moments with us at CatholicPhilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian. Our editor, Matt Gambino, is on a well-deserved vacation, but he joins us in spirit. Well, we recently welcomed Megan Coakley, director of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia's Office for the New Evangelization. And Megan's been speaking extensively on the role of lay people in renewing the Catholic Church, which has been deeply wounded in recent years by a series of clerical sexual abuse scandals. And in our last conversation, Megan pointed out that there are very specific reasons why the lay people play such an important role in the church. And that's because there are two key dimensions to the church. There's the Petrine dimension, named after St. Peter, and that's the hierarchical aspect of the church. But Megan said there's also the Marian dimension, named after Mary, and that represents the holiness of the church. And Megan, drawing on church teaching, reminded us that the Marian dimension actually precedes the Petrine dimension. So we've asked Megan to join us again in the studio to describe another important reason for the laity to have hope in this time of crisis. Megan, welcome back. Thank you. So you're here to give us some more good news on why we don't have to despair even when our leaders seem to have failed us. Right. So one of the reasons for giving this talk was I'm just sensing, myself included, this deep discouragement and a tendency towards feelings of powerlessness and helplessness as we're witnessing the failures of our shepherds. And even now, part of this crisis that we're identifying is even currently our shepherds seeming to be even in conflict with each other about the teachings of the church. There's a lot of ambiguity and confusion and kind of an unwillingness to stand up and speak the truth as Christ has made very clear and is as is very clear in the magisterium. So there's a crisis kind of on that level too, where lay people are often feeling like the, the metaphor I often use of my own experience is I feel like it's an eclipse of the sun. Like suddenly the light has gone out and we don't know where to look. One of the teachings of the church that I have found to be the most consoling and the most helpful during this time is the church's teaching on the census fidei. So basically this teaching states that when we were baptized, we were given a specific gift from God called the census fidei. Now that's Latin for the sense of faith. And what the church says is that this census fidei is what the church says is a supernatural instinct. And it's an instinct that we have through baptism for knowing the voice of Christ our shepherd and knowing when something is not the voice of Christ our shepherd. So it's amazing, no matter who says it, there's a way where if you're living in accord with your baptism, you actually have a very refined instinct for detecting whether or not something is true, something is authentically Catholic. And then you also have this instinct for... Mm, I don't think so, right? There's a way where you kind of react and you know that something, this is not my faith. This is beyond the spidey sense. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, and it's a gift, right? It's a gift that comes from baptism. One important word to note here is it's an instinct, right? So it's kind of an intuition. 
intuition. It's something you know in your bones. I think a lot of Catholics can relate to that. The other piece there is that it's supernatural, which means it comes from God. It's a gift from him. And when God is dwelling in our souls, when we're cooperating with him, we really have a a pretty clear compass point for knowing how to walk forward. This gift is particularly important right now as our shepherds in many respects are failing to give us clear teaching. Thanks be to God, we do have this kind of interior arrow to follow where we can, in a sense, trust our instincts to know the way to go, to know the voice of our shepherd, to continue in fidelity to the teachings of the church while we kind of wait for our shepherds to kind of get their act together, which we know they will. (laughs) God is good. But in the meantime, when we're kind of feeling abandoned right now, God has given us this gift that we can kind of lean on right now. Because he promised never to leave us. And this is not, though, public opinion or personal opinion. That's a very clear thing because in the age of social media, when really everyone has their own pulpit or soapbox or their way of getting the message out there, you're hearing such a range of opinions, but it's not opinion. As you said, this is a gift and that's just critical to understanding how important this gift is. Absolutely. And that's really important because sometimes the census fidei, this teaching of the church is used to excuse all kinds of dissent. In other words, proposals that are not in accord with the teachings of the church. And so we have to be, you know, very clear on what we mean and what we don't mean. And basically, as I spoke about before, that this gift is supernatural. It comes from God and it becomes trustworthy and more reliable to the degree that we are pursuing a life of holiness. So there are actually conditions for the trustworthiness of the census fide. In other words, we can't always trust our instincts, right? And that's important because you kind of think one day, well, I think it's okay not to go to mass on Sunday. Okay. I mean, yeah, that whether your instincts are saying that or not, you have to go to mass. I had this issue with shopping, online shopping. Right. My instincts are go buy that. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So we have to be kind of constantly testing our instincts against what's objectively true. But nonetheless, there are conditions where the beautiful thing is our instincts can become more reliable, more trustworthy, more of a very clear compass point towards Christ. And those conditions are, of course, full participation in the life of the church. We have to be going to mass every Sunday, right? Full participation also means regular confession, right? That that there's not this sin in our life that is blocking the clarity of our vision. If we're not going to confession, we can kind of guarantee that there are all these weeds getting in the way of our good instincts, right? And so confession, regular prayer life, adherence to the teachings of the church. So we know her teachings and we're aligned with them. And then that way our instincts are just like spot on. Adherence to the word of God. And one of the other nice ones is also that whatever it is that you're moving towards or that you're proposing is always for the sake of the building up of the church, not her tearing down, not her deconstruction, right? And so those are ways where we can then judge in a sense or discern the authenticity of our instincts. And that's really beautiful because sometimes our instincts lead us astray, right? And we really want to know how to avoid that and how to know that our instincts and our desires can become more and more trustworthy. This really is the voice of the shepherd, the shepherd, the good shepherd. Mm -hmm. I know my sheep and mine know me. They follow my voice. That's what this is. And this is a moment when we need to be reminded that he is still calling us. Amen. Absolutely. And that's the beauty of that language of intimacy, right? That as we know him, that Hebrew word for knowledge being one of experience, right? That there's an intimacy with him. His voice becomes very familiar. And so when something is spoken that we're kind of, "Mm, I don't know about that. That doesn't sound like my shepherd. Generally speaking, you can trust that if those conditions that I mentioned are in place in your life. What a message of hope. Megan Coakley, thank you so much for joining us. Now, if folks want to attend your talks, they can get more information on your website, which is at... Philly Evan 
archdiocesechange.org slash events. Wonderful. Megan Coakley, Director of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia's Office for the New Evangelization. Thanks so much for joining us in the studio and giving us a message of hope at a time that is pivotal and transformative, hopefully, in the life of the church. It's, It's a great pleasure. God bless. Thanks. So you've heard our thoughts. What about yours? Reach out to us and let us know. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Catholic Philly or visit us online at catholicphilly.com. Thanks so much to Matt Gambino, the editor of catholicphilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian. And until next time, may God bless and keep you. Transforming lives. That's what the Society of St. Vincent de Paul of Philadelphia is all about. Called to service by our Catholic values, we work directly with our neighbors in need to help with the most basic necessities. Our lives are transformed, as are hopefully those we serve. Visit svdp-phila.info to see how you can join with us to help. That's svdp-phila.info. This podcast has been a production of CatholicPhilly.com. Music by Dustin Taylor Phillips. For more information, visit us online at CatholicPhilly.com.